0: okay, welcome everybody to subtitles on the only podcast about movies uh we we saw <laughs> we saw a hole in the marketplace. No one was talking about this stuff and more specifically, and I'm here Dominic Durgis is here today he's he's my guest, but i uh, I wanna say I told you the name of the show, and I said it's subtitles on we're watching movies you know about writers, and we're talking about the writing. And you said to me, of course, it's subtitles on because movies are written yeah. and therefore intended to be read.
1: Correct. Now, Hearing a movie is not the w- it's not the could, only way to do it.
0: You could see it. Yeah. You could hear it. Sure. People are performing it. But ultimately, if something has been written, mm-hmm. the intention is for you to read it. Yes, I'm a scribe.
1: I like to see words. I, I, you know? I can't
0: think I can't think of anything that gets written down where people don't want
1: it read, except maybe a uh, dom's diary. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> That's all right. just for me. He says, <laughs> no, no one can read. No, that." He, no, yeah, you've, no, you've, I, no, you won't let me look. at it. You've tried to find it. Yeah,
0: yeah, I know. Um, but uh, so it's like, all right, we're. So we're talking about this movie, the TV set, and you go, "Oh, why is Dom here? What the fuck is Dom doing?" That's not a good guess. Yeah, yeah, no, not going to move um, the needle for anybody. Obviously, we uh, we have our own individual writing careers now. You know, ag- arguably
1: successful, but um, continuing, continuing writing careers. Yes, they're still going. Yeah, and well, we're uh, striking, but you know. They're not going right now. No, not going, but
0: they're going. But we intend for them to go Mm -hmm. on the other side of the strike, which should should last less than two years.
1: Yeah, Um, that's what I've been hearing.
0: And uh, what I'll say first is, um, you know, yes, we work individually, but uh, as the old song goes, Dom. You and me, we used to be together
1: every day together.
0: Always. Yeah. So, um, don't speak. We were writing partners. We got our first, uh, our first couple like real writing jobs together, and we work together every day. So we have a lot of shared experiences. The TV set, I think, uh, you know, I would have said before rewatching it that it was an underappreciated movie because I think it's very good. I think it's very accurate and like there are it's a very well observed movie about the process of developing and making a pilot and trying to get it brought to series. I actually now, as much as I like it, don't think I can characterize it as underappreciated because the more I look, the more it is really only for people who work in television. Like, I, I think you yeah. could enjoy it. Um, and it is. There's Maybe funny interesting and moments. educational. Yes, the cast is good. The writing sharp. There's funny stuff. But the layers that exist for you, if you have gone through this process, are so much more satisfying. Um, so I, I could understand someone watching it. And I even read some of the some of the reviews in preparation for this. And some negative reviews were just like this satire lacks bite like it doesn't go far enough. And and yeah. I read it. Uh, an interview with Jake Kasdan, who wrote and directed the movie, and he said, I do not intend this to be a satire. It is not exaggerated. And like and that's what I think some of the critics and stuff, even who are watching it didn't understand is like. It's not exaggerated, it's not over the top, like I'm sure that a lot of the things that the executives say in this movie are. Direct quotes that he had said to him during some kind of, you know, uh, pilot development process he was in or
1: hearing that this is why certain decisions get made like, yes, and that all of the decisions that get made are completely divorced from like the quality of the script or what the script is going for or any that that is yes. the last consideration of everyone in the like decision making chain. And I'll say, too, that I I had listened to another
0: interview with Jake talking about this movie where he said basically he distanced himself, I think, from the reality of what the movie was about and said that, um, did you hear him like talk about it? I think it was on Marin, where he said that his inspiration for making the film was that he watched the trajectory of the John Kerry campaign. And he was like, you know, I just saw this guy who I thought was like fundamentally a good guy who was trying to do a good job, and at every uh turn he was being hit with these like crazy <laughs> demands and like pressures, and it forced him to like change and compromise until he was completely destroyed by the end of the process. Now, that's interesting. Maybe, that, maybe that's true. <laughs> maybe that's true. And he said, well, I don't have experience with that, but I have experience in this television thing that I feel could be sort of similar, it could be a metaphor. All respect to Jig, who we worked with, yeah. who I, I love and is so smart very, and talented. very smart guy it feels to me like it's one-to-one. Like, it,
1: does, it doesn't yeah. feel
0: like he is trying to express a different story in it when I watch it. Nothing's and I mean an that as a compliment. yeah, that yeah, yeah like, yeah. is, like, it feels so true to life when I watch it that I don't, I don't, I never would have found a layer where it's like, this is about someone else. I think it could make it maybe more accessible that everyone feels to some extent that whoever they work for or whatever, like, you know, venture they
1: embark on, that they end up being asked to compromise in certain ways. that you're chasing your tail in some process at work. Yes, obviously there's a universality to that. But every moment in there is so recognized, like from like little, the casting director to like Mm -hmm. the DP on the set or whatever. Everything that is said is not, it does not feel like an analog. It feels like, oh, this is what this, this, I've worked with the DP like this. Mm -hmm. I've seen a casting director be like this. I've seen little characters who have little parts, much less the whole kind of, some stuff is,
0: is heightened. Obviously, there's a lot of like uh, aiming at reality shows, which were like really getting a big foothold at the time. What and year was this again? 2008 or nine uh, or something? I, I believe it came out in 2007. It was made in 2006. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a, I, and I don't know. I mean, certainly reality shows were morally bankrupt from the beginning like i think that like it it probably was post like temptation island or whatever but there was a lot of like reality shows where slut island i think or slut Slut wars slut wars is the show they keep bringing up that maybe is it's so quaint now supposed to be farcical (laughs) well what i saw is what i really saw dom is progress because because what is slut wars now it's F-Boy Island. It is. Yes, 100%. The men are the sluts
1: yeah. now. And that's a little bit of progress, isn't it? I think we've moved forward. Yeah. No, and, no, no. And I'm proud to be a part of Hollywood, if that's kind of the direction we're headed. That we, yeah, that we that we opened up
0: our minds and we said, hang on a second. Wait, our, Here we are demonizing sluts when there's all these F-Boys around.
1: Yes, that's right. <laughs> and so um, I think the,
0: the equality like that, is being demonstrated now from these networks
1: is really admirable. Yes, um, and it's there's so much cynical about the industry in a movie like this, or even I'm sure in our yeah. conversations about it now. But that it's nice to hold up the thing that's kind of like a well, nice little Jake like, may want to offer a mea culpa. <laughs> <laughs> um, he didn't quite see that coming. Yeah, like he was like, "Oh, it's going to keep being about sluts." It's like almost Jake. Almost, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. You were close, but it's, actually,
0: you didn't give them enough credit. Um. So that is heightened and there's like a lot of cynicism. But the other thing that was interesting uh, when I heard him talk about the movie is you could take away from it that he hates network executives and hates the process and um, thinks they're all idiots. And, And I do not I do not believe that to be the case. And we did work with him on a network show. And he said I don't know if he felt this post making the movie or if he even was acknowledging this at the time that he made it. But he was like, you know, one thing you do have to understand when you go into this. And as we talk about some of our experiences with this, I also like know this to be true is you are engaging in an act of commerce. Yeah, they are. Trying to make money and trying to sell ads. That is where you get the money Mm -hmm. to make your thing which is what you want to do and so it is a partnership and so there is some like these why don't they understand my art yeah, and it's like they they, they may yeah. uh, you know but that's not,
1: not that's even what not they're trying to do supposed
0: to be their primary interest Correct. that's not what their job is
1: they're doing their job and they're trying to do a good job at it and so i think that i feel like it was more of and and if i hadn't worked with jake or we hadn't worked with jake i guess i might be like oh he's so cynical about it but having worked with him, I feel like he just has such a thorough understanding of the process and that it's like it's like criticizing a mountain. It's just it's there. He this was is able what it to is. get inside, like, you know, not.
0: inside executives heads. And there were moments where we didn't know what was being requested or how to fix something that was being, um, uh, you know, bumped on by the executives. And he would be like, this is what I'm hearing. Like, this is like, here's what they're saying, but this is what they actually want. And it was often
1: very accurate. Yeah. He he would – and also the – I remember Jake saying when I was watching this movie, I'm like, this is almost the theme of like – On the writer's side, if you're doing horse trading with the network, you're never going to win. If you say like, okay, I'll give you this casting choice if you let me keep this thing in the script. Mm -hmm. They might say yes. They might even, they might, but you will lose at the next round. They Mm -hmm. will always claw it back. You will never actually get the thing. And I remember thinking like, oh, I guess maybe that's true. And then when you watch this movie, you're like, that is almost the thesis. It's like whatever trade you think you're making, it's an abyss. You're never going to get it back. And you, all you're going to get is shit. Well, and we found that and we worked We worked for the same, e- even just in our
0: experience, like we worked for the same network three, four times yeah, in a yeah, row. Yeah. And, and then I and kept doing yeah. Very often <laughs> we would take a deal where it was like, and we'll get you on the next one.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: They're never going to get you on the next one. No. <laughs> Like, no, no, the same people won't even be there. They won't remember like, and so, and that's part of what's happening in the movie. It's like, okay, I'm going to agree to this, but then this other thing will, you know, will no longer be like an issue for me. And it's like, that's still going to be an well, issue. Well, because
1: like specifically in the movie, it's like the bargain of like, okay, my brother will, there'll still be a dead brother. A brother will commit suicide in the pilot. Yeah. But, uh, and, and like, that's the thing I care about. And I'll let you have your casting choice for the lead. Well, know? let's, so let's start out talking. the oh, sorry. Movie. So okay. no, no,
0: no, that's just a good, that's a good segue, I think. So, um, so the TV set uh, opens on, it's a uh, a an actor testing session. So basically they've held a big round of auditions for this pilot that has been written and they are going to see like the top two choices for every role. And the first thing we hear from David Duchovny who plays the writer is like, why are we testing two people? I know exactly who I want. Like this one guy is so good, he's perfect for it. And then his manager is kind of telling him like, the network needs to feel like they have a voice in this. You can't just tell them who they're picking. Show them the two choices and then like you can explain why you think yours is better. But they have to be allowed to at least have the illusion of
1: making a decision. Um, it's very obvious what's going to happen. <laughs> well, and that's like the moment where he thinks it's a great like in rewatching it. I it didn't come across me the first time. But it's like, you know, Duchovny's Mike is that the character. He thinks he's in control of like he thinks yeah. he is playing them like a little bit of like okay well I'll put the guy I I do like up first so that the other mm-hmm. guy can't follow up and he thinks that he has kind of a way it's like the only time where I think he feels that way well yeah movie.
0: and he maintains
1: yeah he 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 maintains
0: some illusions of it all the way up through like when he he gives them two versions yes, of, that's the, when of the great. show and thinks that one of them is bad but so he's he kind of um makes the same mistake over and over again but they they do the testing um they test these two actresses for the female lead and then they um test these two guys and the and the guy who goes in that is like mike's choice to coveney's choice is playing it so small and i think it's an interesting choice in the movie to not have it be that that guy is clearly good and yeah, is clearly kind correct. of melts a little you he will understand why the network executives, as huge and broad as the other guy goes, there is a feeling of like, at least he's doing something. He made them laugh. He's working the room. You know, we'll adjust him. We'll direct him. But he has a big energy. And have you ever been through the have you tested for something? I did not test. I, I No. No. So I'll talk about I tested once. And uh, what happened was it was when we were working on Alan Gregory. There was a show called um, Men at Work that had been co-created by Breck and Meyer. Yes. (laughs) I went in. I did an audition. I'd done a ton of these. You know, you go and do like some of the processes um, and this is not about acting. The show is about writing. But You'll do like a pre-read where you're not even on tape you just read for the casting director when you're as as small a fish as I was and I read for the casting director and they had a really great response and they liked it and they said why don't you come in again and we'll put you on tape and then they put me on tape and then I went in and I read for the producers and then the that went really well and every time you go in you're in like a little office like it's just like there's like a desk and a couch and a camera setup and then um and the the producer on that actually was um, Jamie Tarsus, R.I.P., Ah, uh, who is like a huge, you know, sort of legendary legendary showbiz figure, uh, basis for Jordan McDear in Studio 60. I don't know if I
1: knew that.
0: So she's, so um, she was really very, like, kind and generous and told me that she kind of loved the way that I read it. And um, then they had me go in again to work with the guy who was going to be the director of the pilot and the producer was there. And at this point, they've narrowed it down to three or four choices. And I was warned before I went in to test. And so when you test, which they're doing in this part of it is you've negotiated your entire contract for like you have seven years the deal. of the series. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you're as you're auditioning, you. You're very aware of like how much money you would make uh-huh. if you got it in a way that you aren't when you just go and read a script. You're just like, whoa, this would be Well, you can put incredible. it out of your mind. You
1: can go like, I'm not gonna think about in success because that's not gonna help me. But when you're made to look at the deal and they've been negotiating it, yeah. you, ha- you can't not know it. You have to think about it. And you're there with two or three people, some of whom you like recognize. Sometimes
0: it's like somebody's sort of famous or was on another show or they all know them. Um, I was in there with Will Greenberg who had done a pilot oh, yeah. for them the year before. That I also got sort of close on. So it was like they love him. Everybody's going to be like,
1: Will, and he's like, hey guy, and he's a very and like, big hug and
0: kiss. And, yeah, yeah, he's a very charismatic guy. Um, and then uh, as I finally go in, I had been told when you walk in there, you're in not a little office. You are in like a big sort of like stage area, it's almost like a theater, and it's filled with Fifteen, twenty executives, all the people from Sony and all of the people from TBS and every like and and the casting people and the producers. Marketing everyone's and in there. And, yeah. and it's a much bigger room. And if you read it the same way you read it in the office, it will look like you are doing nothing.
1: You'll get swallowed by yeah. just the big Just yeah, the space. fact that
0: the room is bigger, the yeah. fact that there's all these people. And so you actually have to You've done it this same way five, six times and people are loving it and you keep getting moved along. And then the last thing you have to do is do it completely differently and the make thing it that bigger got you here <laughs> and make it bigger in a way that feels weird and feels bad to you. And I didn't do that. Like I walked in, I did it 10% bigger mm-hmm. than I had done it before. And it felt like it was just disappearing. And I was like, well, on the tape, it'll still look good. It's like,
1: <laughs> nope, walked out. I was toast. I was dead. So anyway, that is yes. um, that's this process. I mean, that is like the yeah. the, the every. I've definitely been in a, in rounds of auditions. The only thing I had approaching that was like a commercial I booked, mm-hmm. where then there's a hundred people in the room, and then all of a sudden it is like everything you've done to get to this point in the audition. You're like, great, I'll just do it that way again. No, no, no. Yeah, do it completely differently. Now you have to the, change it because now the real decision
0: makers who've been going like, yeah, he kind of looks right, but now have him do what I want. Are in there, and I think that it's a it's a really small thing, but this movie is loaded with them. Where that is how I think the person, I'm not to say I was the choice for the creatives sure, on that sure, show. Let's say you, but were, the person yeah. <laughs> who is the choice ends up getting totally washed away, and a person who they were just throwing in because. Maybe they had done a pilot with the executives before. It was someone all they knew, sorts of other dynamics that could be getting out. the job because they walk in and they fucking go big and they go for it and they do stuff that you would think would not be appealing. Would be either obnoxious or would be like just yeah. too big, which like this guy does in the in the movie. He likes he improvises a Holmes, little bit. He's adding says, things. Yeah. Yes, um, so, uh, so that that's like the very first thing you see, and it's a great way to kind of set the tone for the whole movie. And then we're, of course, going to see this dynamic play out again and again. But he's he's told, like, this is who we want. And then you see these behind-the-scenes conversations with the executives where they're kind of going, this is a deal-breaker. Like, we're not even going to make the show unless he agrees
1: well, to a, cast this actor who he doesn't like. There was a couple, when you said like, there's a couple, li- like there must be lines in here that are things that have been uh, like I literally heard mm-hmm. and developed. One of them I thought was like Sigourney Weaver's character and that after the the girl who gets the part auditions, it's just like her cuteness doesn't get in the way of her funniness, which I like. Yeah. I'm like, well, that well, was her hotness, of, Her hotness. Her the hotness.
0: Guy says, uh, the, That's right. the, the guy says, well, they're both hot about the actresses. And she goes, they are hot, but Laurel is also cute. And her cuteness, she doesn't let her cuteness get in the way of her hotness. Yeah. And then she has a great delivery on it where she goes, which is very special to me. <laughs> <laughs> and The pause before to me is, is and then she, brilliant. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so it's it's, it's it, so perfect. It, and then she goes about the other. actress. Yes. She goes, and I believe the other actress has fake breasts, which in the life of a series, I think the audience can feel.
1: Yes, (laughs) that that will wear the audience down. The audience will just kind of eventually tune out because... Yes, they they will start to just like check
0: out and not identify with this character.
1: Uh, So just that way of communicating (laughs) and building arguments that have nothing to do with anything just because it's like, it's this character. Did they do a good job? Yes, no. And that's a funny thing too about like...
0: All of Hollywood is just filled with like totally random bullshit like decisions. And there's like uh, so much luck involved in everything. But acting specifically, the example I had heard, I think early on was like, um, you can just like you can be the absolute best actor, give the best performance they've ever seen, and they can be like. I think his eyebrows are too dark for his hair. You just <laughs> lose it. the job. That's it. They, you just, that's it. And now that's this, what everyone that's sees. What you see, like, they're just like, it. they're not talking at all about the performance.
1: No, no, especially if it's, yes, especially if those comments are being made by the person who's clearly in charge, like the sycophantic kind of like, she speaks and everyone aligns there. Like, yeah, we gotta do it. Yeah, oh, yeah, well, that's totally. on the way we're honest.
0: But the, the, there's a smart, uh, or supposed to be like a, a, Savvy executive with good taste yes, is one of the characters the in the movie. I will not... I will not characterize smart or not smart, Like, but he's supposed to have good taste. He's supposed to be the one yes. who has good taste and and, he, and Mike is told, walking in, like, well, you know... And, oh, God, what's his name? Um, Is it... The, the Richard, executive? Richard. Richard, yeah. So it's like, Richard has great taste. And I know that we have experienced... Uh, whether it's good taste or not, usually on a project or throughout the course of of working on a show or selling a show, there is an executive who you align with completely, like who, yeah. who really sees it the same way you do. And his categorization of the actresses is actually really thoughtful where he goes, I think this one is a natural comedian. Like mm-hmm. she is a funny actor who can also really act. She's yes. a funny person who's good at acting. He's like, I think the other one is an actress who's doing comedy. And he's like, and I think what we need is someone who is fundamentally like in their bones funny to yes. do this role, which is a smart observation about. about it's a great way to think this, about it. And you see this, you know, I mean, famously at, at Workaholics, we had a whole board of um, yes, that's uh, true. funny hot guys mm-hmm. and hot funny guys. Yes. You know, are you are you a hot funny guy and an example would be like um maybe was adam
1: where was adam scott he was in there
0: well i think that the the best example of a funny hot guy was justin thoreau that's right that's right that guy's a hot guy and his whole life has been about being a hot guy but he can be very funny
1: absolutely he will always be a hot guy first that's right He's not just in, he doesn't just walk into a room and make you laugh, but mm-hmm. he can't. But he is he is a, a funny guy. Yeah, he's a funny guy. Um,
0: but his his life experience is that of a hot guy who happens mm-hmm. to be able to be funny versus someone like um, even I mean, people are, you know, uh, some people will lust after like a, someone like a Bill Hader. Sure. And, and then they'll go like, oh, I, you know, seeing him on Barry, like he's got a real sex appeal. But he's a funny guy. He's a funny guy. His life yeah. experience has been that he's a funny guy. I, d- I don't think he'd disagree with that. And so I think that is exactly what they are discussing. Yes. Uh, in in, <laughs> in this show. And I think it is good to separate those two ideas because what they needed was someone who was funny. And she even says it later in the in the movie. She says, like, I'm I've always been cast as like the best friend. Yes. I want to be the girl who has a best friend. She's trying to transition into being that lead role and not someone who is the only thought about as like or whatever the comic relief. Yes. Um, but is someone who has like a media role with some acting in it. Um, so that that discussion happens and that executive is proven to be like someone who is a little more thoughtful and a little more creatively aligned With the
1: creator. And trying to protect that vision. He's trying to, he's explicitly like, I think it's best to protect what the writer's trying to do and shepherd that through the process instead of like mucking it up, which is the fundamental difference in the way he looks at it. And his backstory is like,
0: he's come over from BBC where they're seen as making more Mm -hmm. highbrow material and not being so like, whatever, bubblegum commercial pop stuff. But he is also a kind of person that we have dealt with a lot. And I think we often do have someone who, just like loves the script we wrote and wants to see it you know get to the screen as intact as possible. and they are never the most powerful person no. and they are very often gone within the year. Like, yeah, like when we yeah. um, worked at Fox, there was an executive who we just loved who was just like you know, liked to talk to and seemed to agree and liked all the same movies and stuff. and that person, Was immediately gone and went to take a job like with another creative person, like at a production company, because they are also, I think, getting ground down by the system and like what this
1: is and the realities of what the network's needs are. Yeah, you do kind of feel a little empathy for. I mean, because it's easy on the artist side to be like, they're all assholes, they're all cynical, they're all whatever. But there are there are plenty of development executives who care and want to shepherd a project through and want to protect your vision or whatever, but they're ultimately power, and they're never in charge. They, they all serve the they're same never, master. Yes, they're and, all which, having to, yeah. In, including the very top executives
0: who, like, work for, like, the shareholders and the and the fact that, like, at least at this time, the model was ads, and so it's like, who's going to want to run their toothpaste commercial on this show if it's yeah. about suicide?
1: That's right, That's because <laughs> that's what Mike, that's what the the pilot has an aspect of it that is that his brother, the lead character's brother commits suicide at some point in the pilot. And it's this big.
0: Yes. So as soon as they've talked about the acting and they've like evaluated, like who the best choice is, they say, let's get into the content of the script, which we
1: love a couple of remaining notes. And yeah.
0: they go like, you know, I, I, there's a it's later that she says, like, of everyone finds suicide to be depressing. (laughs) But she's got, she's like, we have the numbers on this. Like, we've done the market research. 82% of everyone finds suicide depressing. And he says, My brother actually committed suicide. And that was the genesis of this pilot. And that is like something I think is important to explore. And I think we can do it with maturity and still maintain comedy and and find the comedy in the experience of like mourning and grief and recovering from this but it it does kick everything off and it it's very important to me and um the executives just go like okay I understand that experience happened to you, but what if that wasn't the story? Just think about
1: it. Yeah, because he's like, that's the whole reason we're here. My brother actually killed himself. That's the whole reason we're here. And she's like, well, what if it wasn't, though? Yeah. She's like, what if it wasn't the... Just thought experiment. Well, that's also... Phil Rosenthal's in in, in this scene, too, just oddly... Shout
0: out to Phil Rosenthal. Playing an executive.
1: (laughs) He had the acting bug way earlier than I knew. Let me say...
0: (laughs) Somebody fed Phil because Phil is eating in this movie. (laughs) Phil is eating. He has one of the best executive lines where after the two (laughs) actors have performed and they're all saying that like the guy who did the huge, crazy performance is a star. Because the company's like, isn't he a little broad? Mike goes, yeah, isn't he a little big? Like, isn't he a little broad? And then Phil Rosenthal just goes, to me, the broad is the funny like <laughs> yes. and you're just like oh god that's he, so it's, just hard to argue
1: with brain dead like you go like you're never gonna see it if that's what you think is like the only yeah. thing that is funny is the broad stuff you go like okay well then this is because not- they're
0: saying the writing's not funny
1: they're yeah. saying it's not on the page it's- he has brought the funny by acting insane <laughs> and rosa his character also says uh like i just never saw this as a suicide show yeah. Like headlining it as which yeah. Mike, like later when he's talking to his wife, he's like, a suicide show, what the fuck does that even mean? But yeah. like you do hear they that. Never saw like, it as a suicide they take show. one little thing that's in the show and go, like, is that what this whole show? I always saw it as a guy coming home show and not a suicide show.
0: We we which did is... there was um someone who we met with about uh pitch that we had where they had reduced it so so insanely to like this fundamental uh, like misunderstanding of the premise to just basically be like, the, so the movie's about a book. And it was like, <laughs> and it was like, no, it's so a- it was it was so far. And at first I went like, God damn, like I never want to talk to that person again. But then later I said, you know what? That person is crucial. They're it's so valuable perspective because they show me how you could misunderstand this yes. idea and what I need to defend against. And the next time I walk into a room, that's not going to happen. There'll
1: yes. be a new thing that drives me crazy, but no one
0: will be able to say the movie's about
1: a book. Because I will have already heard that stupid note yes. from this person. <laughs> yes. And I will know. I will know. That note can't come back to get me. <laughs> well, that's the, the the note coming back too is another, th- it's just never, because you hear her, like uh, Sigourney Weaver's character, uh, uh Len, Lenny. Lenny yeah Lenny says early on like she's like terrible title I don't yeah. like that the brother kills himself and these are and these are things that like she gets talked out of a basic or, or that you think she's talked out of it basic at various points but like and this is such a tr- this is such a well-observed truth is that those notes do not go away they never if stop you hear happening. it once even if they couch it in like and this is just a small thing I don't know maybe we change the title but we also don't have to it's like you will have to change the title you think that will done. not go away you, you th- <laughs>
0: think that it's done early on where it's like okay we had that fight it was uncomfortable we put it to bed but we've managed to get like our way on this one thing and it's just like it is never ever going away it is going to come back and I remember when we worked on the grinder with Jake Mm -hmm. one of the things that I personally creatively loved about the show was that the cold open was always this device where the first scene of the show, um, the premise of the show was that Rob Lowe played a person who had been on a uh, a TV show about a lawyer called The Grinder, where he was like this lawyer who was like uh, it was like a you know hour long like, hit like, like CSI knew type drama about a lawyer where he would like he would grind everyone down in the courtroom, and so it always opened on a scene from the show The Grinder that he had been on. And then it somehow ended up relating to the story in the sitcom because he, of course, had retired from his hit show, moved back home to live with his brother, who was a real lawyer. And he was meddling in his law firm. And he believed that he could help out at the real law firm because of his experience as a TV, as a TV lawyer. And it had, there's a seat of the pilot that I think is one of the best, uh, written scenes, like exploring this idea that could exist where he, he basically Fred Savage, who played his brother is going like, you don't, you don't actually know how to be a lawyer. And, and, and Rob Lowe goes, okay, you start having a heart attack in, in, a, in a restaurant. The person at the table next to you could be a complete stranger or it could be Noah Wiley who played a doctor for 14 years on ER. Which one would you rather have? Just like a random guy or Noah Wiley, who do you think is better <laughs> yeah. equipped to deal with the situation? You don't think Noah Wiley picked up anything in 14 years <laughs> that playing he'd a be doctor? He'd be better than a random it, off the, the street. That he would be regu- <laughs> better. And it's like, well, I'd rather have a real doctor. It's like that's not a choice.
1: That's like, not part of the experiment. And so, <laughs> it's not the thought experiment.
0: But God, I thought it was so funny. But anyway, you know, that was the way they would open the show, and we made 22 episodes of the show and early on they said like, okay, well, after the first three or four, we don't want to do this. It was clear the network found
1: the, for whatever their reasons, they found those cold opens to be confusing. Something in testing was confusing
0: where it was like, people don't understand that what they're seeing is a show within a show, Mm -hmm. especially because it's the first thing they see. We want to open inside the show that they're actually watching. We don't want to keep opening with this kind of like, funny satirical mission statement where you're seeing um you know a piece of uh the fake show and we all liked it the writers all liked it the people who created it thought that it was essential and useful and that it was a great vehicle for jokes and, it and established themes. themes. well yeah yes and so we thought i think after 10 episodes yeah they of let it, us do 11 so episodes of mention it, it. it. <laughs> that it was like okay, now we've all agreed this is what the show is. This is the structure. And it never stopped happening. That like at the table read, we would stay in and the executives (laughs) would give their notes and they would go like, okay, and this is probably the last time, right? That we're going to open with this. And the um, creators of the show would push back again and go like, we really think that it's good to do it this way and and we don't want to stop doing it. And then they would be told it's confusing and they would say they don't think it's confusing. And it eventually came
1: to a head where it was like an argument inside the room that felt very tense. It was that post table read after a table read. It's always like everyone files out except for the writers and the creators or whoever the higher ups are. And then the network. And is, you just listen to the network. They say just, what the, their notes are so that, you know, when you go to do the rewrite, what they said. Yes. The easiest thing to do is to say, like, we'll take a look at that. Yeah. <laughs> to, to every note. We'll take a look at that and see if that works. Well, this is like you said, it, came, it had come to a head about the cold open and it was like it was enough. It was like, well, you've taken a look at it. Now we need you to do it. And it got kind of heated and it ended I, in my memory. It ended without much of a resolution. Mm-hmm. Everybody went back to their offices. And then this is an example of Jake, the, the Jake, writer director of this Jake movie, understanding the, the tea leaves, because then one of the development executives from the network kind of called over to the show and talked to him and was like, hey, are you guys OK after that? table read it seemed like are you guys okay you seem you know I know it got upsetting we want to make sure you feel good because that was so tense and on the show side the showrunner, the show creator everyone's kind of like oh we're okay because I think like a lot of writers are used to having whatever heated creative discussions that you then kind of like let go it's not like you don't carry it with you all the time we've had fights oh god Dom and I have had big fights and then I blink and it's it's gone yeah and I just I just go for me I don't hold on to it no no not anymore because we do it my way (laughs) (laughs) Because I would, <laughs> I, it's so easy when I yield. Yeah. It just it just makes yeah, it easier it for Sean to yeah. go forward. Yeah. And I you apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but then they called over. So the network called over and said, "Are you guys okay? We hope you're not mad." And then they were basically like, "No, no, we're not mad," and kind of ended the communication. And then Jake was like, "You guys don't understand. What that means is they are mad." Yeah. The person who is in kind of in charge of this decision is pissed off at how that went. So when they reach out and say, "Hey, that was. A, are you guys mad?" What they're saying is like. We're mad. This We this person need in you charge to call off.
0: and apologize. Yes, that's you right. have to call and say, hey, I'm sorry about the way that went down. Like, you don't even have to necessarily say, like, we're going to take or the note. You wrong or but anything. you do yeah. have to say, like, we, we should have been more receptive. Yes. And like that conversation took on a tone that was inappropriate or whatever it is. But you have to acknowledge some like wrongdoing on your part. And we watched a string of like three people, like different producers and executives go into the office of these creators and tell them like, you should probably call and apologize to these executives and them go, oh, we're good. Yeah, we're not upset. Everyone's It's fine. It'll blow over. You might be shocked to learn the show didn't receive a second season. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and and uh, you may be able to draw a straight line from that day. That was the beginning of the end for sure. Um, But yes, but Jake, I mean, I would never have understood that I have known. level, like what kind of communication was happening there. I would have taken it probably it, at face value like the like those guys did. It felt just been like, like, like
0: they were apologize, Like they yeah, were going like, hey, hey sorry. that went a little crazy. Like, like. You know, uh, we want to make sure you feel good, but I don't think I would have been able to read that next layer no. of like, we really don't feel good. We're still stewing about this over here. And we need to hear from you that you don't think that was cool. Um, yes.
1: He's so conversant in the language of the development executives. Yeah. However, he got there like that, like, and that shows in this, like the way they talk to each other and the way they, the way all the information filters down to the creatives is. Yeah. Like that is a great like that uh, grinder example is one of the first things I thought of too. in watching this, I'm like, oh yeah.
0: And the the so the manager uh, Judy Greer who plays DeCoverty's who's barely manager, on his side by the way. It's well, it's she's really also great... engaged in this commerce, and in the way that your your reps frequently are. Yeah. Um, she has relationships Doesn't to want protect to damage. with the people who actually like buy shows and hire her clients. And any one individual client who's like doing their first pilot is less valuable to her than her relationship with the network executive who buys every pilot every year. Like, so she she does try to hold his hand and walk him to uh, the decision that would most benefit the show. The show
1: to get on the air, right? Like, that's kind of always the the that's the the you know whatever sword hanging over all of this
0: and I also I really you talk about like empathizing with characters like I really empathize with her because I've been in this position with representatives so there's sort of a funny runner where it's like she kind of agrees with the network like she thinks she describes the actor who he wants as too hip for the room like she thinks he's playing it too small before they even go in and then there's a point where he's criticizing the actor that gets hired and says, you know, this guy's got two modes. Like he's either like doing like a this huge thing or he's Travis Bickle. And she has zero recognition on her face. Doesn't... And he goes, taxi driver. And she has zero recognition on her face. And he's like, you've never seen taxi driver. And I do know that as a rep, like your taste is your taste and yeah. your experience is your experience. And your clients, expect you to have the same taste and experience that they do because you are representing them.
1: Like, how are you talking about me to other people? Like, do you even understand? It's got to be terrifying.
0: And I've had, you know, something where uh, a rep says like, this is the best new pilot this year. And I go like, this shit sucks. Like this fucking sucks. And then I'm like, and I'm kind of like, you thought this was funny? Like, and they're like, yeah. I, and often, by the way, it becomes a very successful show. Oh, yeah. And so like I was wrong uh on a very fundamental level. But like I realize now removed from like that, you know, I had those experiences years ago. I'm like, it's got to be so scary to ever give your opinion and and like say what your real taste is. <laughs> but when that comes to a head too. There's a really small thing where he goes like, "Well, you know, you've never even seen Taxi Driver." And she goes, "I'm, I'm going to rent the Taxi Driver." Yeah, she calls it the <laughs> Just Taxi she Driver. Adds the is like <laughs> such a great like can't. Like, I still barely know what it is Familiarity. It says so well that she's like, I put it at the top of my queue. This is like guess oh, when the Netflix, Netflix queue, was yeah, mailing quaint DVDs. little
1: like uh uh flashback I mean that was like my first when I went I went to film school at NYU and I was way more into comedy than I was into film and my first day like it was a deluge of that like you haven't seen a pie you haven't seen like all these whatever the indie 2003 indie films were and I I felt like such shit and then I would watch the movies and half of them I would be like this fucking suck like I watched Mulholland Drive under the impression that this is gonna be great and it's so fucking confusing and I didn't and I'm sure I'd watch it now and find things to appreciate but I was like Fuck you for for taking this attitude with me. <laughs>
0: Hayes loves Mulholland Drive. He references yeah, okay. it all the time. I I want to rewatch it. I think I have to subscribe I sh- I to Criterion just to rewatch I talk it. More shit about it. But my experience watching it at whatever time when I was you know nineteen or something, and and I and I might have been smoking a little Uh-oh. funny stuff. <laughs> I was totally confused, and I did not. I was just like. I don't know. I really like, it I just walk around be like, I don't understand the movie. I'm, I, I also am certain that if I watch it now, I'd be like, whoa, this is cool. And there are even scenes i watched where there's like a great, like, botched Hitman scene that's like, yes, very funny yes. and very well executed. So there's stuff in it vignette, that I've yeah. gone back to that I'm like, okay, this is great. Like, I can appreciate it now. But in watching it and like just trying to understand it, um, I was like, I just don't, I'm just frustrated by this movie on my first watch. And by the way, I've even had that with like directors who I really love, like I would say Paul Thomas Anderson like makes my favorite movies I've ever seen. And the first time I saw Inherent Vice, I was so fixated on like really trying to like absorb and understand the mystery and like what the case was and what the story was. That I left being like, fuck, man, like I wanted to love this and I wanted to understand it and I don't. And then I've gone back and rewatched it and been like, I'm just going to watch this movie one scene at a time. (laughs) Every scene, just scene by scene and every scene is good and every scene is funny and every performance is good. And so I like the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. The the attempt to understand this stuff sometimes, especially when you've been told like this is important, you have to watch it, will leave you at a place where you're like, I guess I fucking suck, man. I guess I'm stupid. Yes. Like,
1: <laughs> and that's that it, it's I think I'm supposed to be a uh, feeling DeCovney's side of that exchange, but I yeah. really felt her side of just being like yeah. berated for not seeing like a classic film. Yeah. And where it's like, like, or, just be, or just I'm being or just being like I oh. couldn't
0: have seen everything and yeah. like
1: sometimes I go to watch and I'm like, I, I'm I I'm kinda bored. Um <laughs> So, you know, but then, that relationship, this is jumping ahead in the story, I guess, but that relationship yeah. also comes to a head, her, him and his manager, because eventually, because she's so kind of snowing him with like, you know, well, I, you know, th- they're saying this where he's kind of like, do you ever just get tired of bending the truth so much? And she's like, the reason I do that is because you are so fucking sensitive kind of thing. Like, if I just told you the direct like facts and like perspectives, yes. you would, you would get pissed off. No, And yeah. you would melt down. And so it's like, well, but, oh, then, right. I guess but I do kind of like. Yes. And. and <laughs> And it is, it is the
0: movie is maybe too much on the company side for this because he does have a good response to that too. where He's like, what you're telling me is upsetting. (laughs) Like, yes, that's She's like, if I told you, you'd get all upset. And he's like, well, it's very upsetting to hear that like they still want to remove like the suicide part of the show. Like that upsets me. And and so like stepping it out isn't helpful. um, But you get from her perspective, it's like, I don't want to fucking like, I now have the job. It's funny, there's... Sort of a a food chain in Hollywood of who has to give the bad news. Yeah, where it's like, you know, that the person Those at the like top wants to level, be
1: all smiles and and the, like when they see you, it's supposed to be all plus. You
0: get a call from them.
1: Yes, your show's picked up. Yes, it's all good news. You get a call
0: from someone who works Correct. for them you're dealing with a problem. Yes. And so it is It is funny sometimes where it's like, and it's the same with, you know, like uh, if you have multiple representatives, like an agent and a manager and a lawyer or whatever, it's like somebody is tasked with giving you the bad news. If yes. everyone's on the phone, it's like, it's hey, good hold news, for yeah. a second because we have we have uh, uh, Jim and Kara and yeah. they're all going to, and it's like, so they're just, I'm just adding them in and you go, okay, this is good news because everyone's like, you don't get to give it. We all get to give the good news. Yeah. But it's bad news. Just one person. It was just my manager. Come <laughs> on. Hey, man. Just who got
1: who <laughs> got the short straw? Yeah. yeah
0: that's, hey, um, so <laughs> I wanted to point out something else that is like a well observed small thing that I as I look at my notes that um, when they're about to do the test and Duchovny has to walk in and talk to all the executives who he we know. um. He thinks they don't like them, or at least that Gordy Weaver doesn't like him, which is an experience very close to my yes, heart. Yes. Where I'm like, he's like every the, time the I'm most powerful there, executives. I'm always like, this person hates me. Yes, and they're being told to like me by someone under them. Yeah, and that makes them hate me even more. <laughs> probably they don't think about me very much. Right, but when I come up, it's like, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> so that so that felt very real. But he goes in, and there's a. He goes, hey, so uh, great to be back in the fourth floor conference room. And it gets like a little chuckle. And it made me think of when we worked for Goldie uh, and he had at the top of every table read, at the top of every meeting. Oh he's so good at this. This is something that you are expected to do as a comedy writer is make it a little funny. When When you go in and Goldie would, Right, like sort of late night like roast
1: style like one to two minute kind of like a best man wedding speech yeah like like funny but like sincere yeah and little like digs at the executive
0: where it's like yes. the before the table read i remember of um making history we went in and there's this executive at who was at 20th named johnny davis who's Really nice guy and reminded us of like the Roblo Parks and rec character where he's just like always like feels Great like he's energy. like just come back from a job and he's like got a lot of energy. And Goldie was like, you know, I um I sent this script in and I got a call back and I heard that all of the executives were very excited about this script. And I thought, if I can get Johnny Davis excited, <laughs> I'm really on to something <laughs> because this is guy who always feels like, yes. Hey man, his reputation so, is yeah. like, he's,
1: and he's, like
0: everybody laughs. And it's like, he would have, he would have four of those for like yeah. every meeting. And it was just such a, it was so stressful to me to think of like, God, when I'm in that chair, I don't think I could do that. I don't want
1: to do this. Yes.
0: But like the, Liz, yeah. the skills you're supposed to have outside
1: of <laughs> the skill of actually writing the show um, well, because company's doing it to both sides. He's like presenting to the room and then he comes out after all the reads, even though we know his favorite guy just tanked it. He comes out and he goes like, well, you guys put me in a really bad spot because you all killed it. I've got a hot, yep. tough decision, you yes. know? Like he's got to be Mr. Charming, like funny guy. Yeah, no, the way you have everybody. to manage the, yes, like these are,
0: like your staff basically. Yeah. And it's like, you have to like manage the feelings. You're going to base, no one has the job yet, but you're going to fire one of them. You're going to hire one of yes. them. And so, um yeah, he he really uh, does maintain like a good facade, especially early on this episode uh, for listeners, I think will be uniquely filled with just real stories of our experiences sure. because Dom and I worked together so long. But um, so we had a pilot that is somewhat illustrative of like this, this example, the meandering
1: process of. Yeah,
0: so we had been. We had worked at Alan Gregory, yeah, and uh, it was an animated show, and we like made a good impression on some of the bosses there, and we got called in, and we got given what is known as a blind script deal. Which so it's is like, like there's like,
1: no idea on the table, but we want you guys to come up with something.
0: They do a contract, and they basically go like, "We're going to give you X number thousand of dollars to we'll write a 1, script 000. for us, whatever it is. Yeah, at least one."
1: <laughs> Maybe even more. I've been insisting on that in my contract for a long time. You can to pay me you, more than a thousand. But you, you have. have to. You have. It's got to be. It's got to be a thousand plus. Please. Or I don't
0: put pen to paper. No,
1: I, I don't, don't even be,
0: open my laptop. I don't
1: even wake up.
0: Um, uh, unless you're gonna hold. Like, but so they basically make a deal with you and go like, we just we believe in you guys. We want a script from you. Like we can figure out what the idea is later. Like we'll have more meetings. But like. Let's we want to kind of lock you in to like your next thing you write is going to live here. And we were like, oh, cool. This is good. I now think those are not good. Um, Yes. (laughs) uh, Yes. uh, Having more experience, it it feels very flattering. But then you realize like you, they now have to do something with you. But they're not excited about any particular idea you have. So you wind up just getting to this place where you're like, okay, yeah, I guess write that and you have no chance of ever getting to get to TV. But anyway. We take that deal and it was with the animation department because we worked on an animated show. So it's like, you're going to write an animated show for Fox and we'll figure out what it is later. So we go back to the drawing board. We come in, we bring them this idea. It actually was something that Dom and I had worked on prior. Like we had 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 this idea pre-existing and even scripted out some of it. And so we came in and just kind of presented it as an idea. We didn't send them any of our writing. Uh, kind of gave them we, the like, we just whatever, said like two minute pitch. These would be the characters and this is kind of the core premise. Um, and we, I, I will just say as an example of, you know, I started doing the show because there's a WGA strike, an example of the way that the industry has changed since then. It did used to be at this time that a way that you got a job and even the way we got our first job was you would write a script and then people would read the script and say, we like the way this person writes scripts. And then they would hire you to write that kind of script. And that was the job of writing and how you got a writing job was to demonstrate your writing. And so it was unusual in a way that we were pitching an idea that we had a script for without showing it. Now, the way that the landscape works, if anyone finds this interesting is I have written scripts since then that like my agents or managers or other like um, even like a uh, uh, production company like uh will say like, wow, we really like this script. We really think the way you wrote it is good. We wanna go out and pitch it with you but we can't show anyone the script. Can you turn this into a pitch where you just talk about the ideas and the characters and what it would look like because the network wants to feel like they're involved that's in the, the uh, in the development of it and that they have some control over the way that it gets crafted. And also, they just want you to have figured out the entire world and future and everything that could happen. What's episode and,
1: eight? What's episode yeah, 28? What, you they, know? Literally, like, we got asked, it... even
0: even at Comedy Central, we, we got asked, like, what season four? five of this show look
1: like like well what does the end of this meeting look like yeah (laughs) like like it's like yeah
0: like and it was like we had to go in with pitches of like season five and this was years ago and it's only gotten worse so it's funny that we did this accidentally and then it became the model it's very frustrating to me as someone who i think i am good at writing a script and it is the part i like and it is how i figure out if my idea can exist as a show is i start writing it into a show and then i either go I don't really have a handle on this. I need to you know, reframe it or, or throw it away or change it. Or I go, okay, this will work. I do know how to do it. And then when I'm done with it, I go, here's the proof of concept. It actually can be a show and they go, Get that away from me!
1: <laughs> yeah, they just want. Sale. It's so annoying to write sales documents. Yeah, I'm so tired and, of writing documents that are like. And yeah. the
0: skills that are required are doing funny little roast jokes at the top of a table mm-hmm. read, mm-hmm. walking in and making everyone in the room feel really comfortable, and like telling them a whole story of what it could be, Um, talking about themes, tying your own mm-hmm. personal life to it, so that they feel like no other writer. Why could am I the one who script. has to write this? Yeah, why don't I just hire someone else? And it's like. What's my fucking idea? <laughs>
1: I mean, you could. You could take my idea and have yeah. someone else and they'd probably get close.
0: Yeah, they might yeah, it might be similar. It'd be, you know, it would be different because I'd be writing yeah. it. Um, so I and like again, I think that is the thing I can do. But anyway. That's all aside from the fact that we did do it that way intentionally this time because we didn't want them to know. If we, with we were gone pitch an old script, idea it would have been
1: crazy. Yes, and we didn't want them to know. It would we have felt, it would have idea. felt like we were like, like here we found this on the skirting the process yeah. or
0: just like being lazy, which we or being which lazy. maybe we were. Yeah, um weird. but we pitched them the idea, we uh got a good response. Um, all of the people, um, they had another deal with churn so it was like, let's bring in churn and they'll, right, that's right, and th- yeah. that was like a, you know, somebody who they already had like a bunch of money sunk into. So it was like, they will be a producer on it and they'll help you. And we went through this whole process with them until we got to like the actual network executives. And everyone all along the way had agreed like this would be a good half hour animated show that Sean and Dom have come up with. And we started pitching out the show. Fell into some like personal stories as we were told to do to like mm-hmm. relate our way. And so the idea, and this will sound um, not good probably, but I sure. think the working title for it was like, was it Shitty Friends? Bad Friends. Shitty Friends. Friends yeah, was, that's what it went We up basically in. had said it's a show, it's a young ensemble show. It's like Friends, which many people have done this since. Uh, Without the polish on it. They don't live in nice apartments. They don't have jobs. They're, selfish. they're like out of college. Yes, they they're fucking each other over. Yeah. They like um, are totally yeah self-interested and like as an analog, like, you know, uh, Rachel on Friends comes from a lot of money, but she has turned her back on it to be a waitress. We had a character in the show who came from a lot of money. It was like totally disguising her life to maintain access to the money because she really didn't want to get a job and grow up. And so, you know, everyone was some version of like people who we kind of knew in New York and our own experiences. And I started talking about when I um, uh, flunked out of college after one semester and then like started working at a dry cleaner and that there was a point where I was dating a girl at the college that I had flunked out of. She invited me to like sort of a formal occasion. I was working at this dry cleaner. I didn't own really like nice clothes. And so I went and found a suit that fit me <laughs> on the rack at the dry cleaner that had been there for over a month. Like it had been there for a very long time. So it was like this person just like is only going to pick up every six months. So I put the suit on, drove to New Jersey, went to the event, wore the suit for the whole night, like probably fucking smoked cigarettes in it. and shit. <laughs> came back and was intending to put it back through the process, like with the tags as if it had been separated from the order accidentally, had it hanging in my car and like at the counter at the dry cleaner and the guy walks in <laughs> and, it, and he picks up his order. Now that it was like a 12 piece order. So I just like gave him the order like did you know um did the whole thing checked it out he didn't realize it in the store was like he's going to come back in 2 days and be like where's one of my suits and so i like brought it back in and like you know sprayed it with some scent and then like bagged it and then like hit it on the racks in the same alphabetical section that it was in but it was this whole story that i told yeah he becomes obsessed with the story
1: he's losing his mind and it's a very funny story but he like he starts kind of adopting this attitude of like, that's what the show should That's be. the show. And we're like, what do you mean? That's the pilot of the show. <laughs> you
0: doing that is the pilot of the show. And we're like, okay. It actually is sort of, there's a Seinfeld story yeah, that's, that's really close to it. Yeah. Like the, 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 <laughs> where it's like the drag leaders wearing their clothes or something. But it's, you know, it was a real yeah. story that happened to me. So, uh, and I probably told it funnier in there, but he, um, he's just like, that's the show. And then every meeting we have after that is like, what about the suit story? <laughs> and we have the story broken out. It's like, you know, it's six characters. So it's this interweaving stories. And so it like would take up a lot of real estate and it would take us away from all of the things that we've kind of figured out. And it's just like, if you do not have this story about the suit, like the network will not like That is this. what he liked like, in the room that time. That's what this it person needs to show likes. up again. And he starts like popping into meetings and he's not even part of it be
1: like, we gotta see this drag story. Yeah. Like he's just walking by and he's like, oh, there's the suit guys. <laughs> like, and then, he, and then he also was like, why is this animated? Let's yes. do this live act. Like, he goes,
0: shoot, why is something? this animated? Why isn't it, you know, it's like you're comparing to friends. Why isn't it a cool, young, live action, multicam show? And we go like, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's why what you it? like. Let's do it. And we walk out and then we're in the elevator with these other executives and they go, I fucking knew it, and we're like, "What did you know?" Yeah. They're like, "He really wants to have like a young live action multicam. Like they've been looking for that forever, so of course he wants to turn this into that." And it's like, "Why didn't you tell us?" Like well, they you were the, knew Were they the animation but execs? We did know.
1: They were the animation <laughs> execs, so they were like that. that they weren't thinking. They They're weren't like, going into pitch of changing course, it to the yeah. Oh, of
0: God. course, that's what he wants, and we're like. Okay. Well, they're getting it taken away yes, from that's them right. now. That's why they. were So we're, we're like... getting now new people like brought in who like don't have experience with us. Like, didn't offer us a blind script deal. Like, don't don't no. necessarily like us or think we're good. And we're now that's using, our boss.
1: We're literally using the new like because then they're like, well, let's shoot a presentation. And so yes. we cast it. We shoot. We shoot on like the new girl set. We wrote. And, it, like, we wrote oh, this... a whole
0: script. Yes. and went through a lot of incarnations. And one thing, speaking of notes coming back. Every single time that we sent in a new version of it, we would get called and we would get asked, so like, how long have they known each other? And college, we would go, college. well, okay, they all went to college together and they're um like two years out of college. It's all like they haven't figured out what to do with themselves since graduating from college. So like, they've known each other about six years and they go, okay, nobody says that. We'd be like, well, they we talk talk say about when that they, they met at college. They talk about how they met at college. They talk about like how old they are and mm-hmm. how and and you know when they met and when it is now. So, like, it, it is in there. And they go, Okay, okay, all right, yeah, you're right, you're right. And then we write another draft and then we get a call and like all the executives are on there, like, I'm having trouble figuring out, like, you know, we have this group of people, like, how are they connected? And we go, Well, they met at college. They go, Well, how long have they known each other? And so, <laughs> so, like, that just never ever went away. And you realize away. I'm
1: going to have to put in a, we have to put a line in somebody's mouth where they say, "Well, we met in 2003 or yeah. whatever." Like and and then it will this will go away. And we did and I was very proud
0: of what we did, which is we opened on a scene where they're all it's a group of young people in a bar like at a at a booth and they're all kind of having fun and having this like typical sitcom conversation where it's like, "Did you get digits or whatever?" It was totally cribbed from pilots that we had read in the yeah, previous years and auditioned audition for. We were like using like almost real dialogue from other scripts that had opened their shows. And then you think that's the cast. And then our characters enter and go like, hey, you guys are in our booth. And they go, what do you mean it's your booth? And they go, we sit in this booth every Thursday night and we've done it for the past six years. Since we've we known each other. And blah blah blah. Yeah. And it's just like, and they start explaining like, this is our life, okay? This is how we know each other. Like, this is what's this is this her is deal. He is, this is my deal. He is, yeah. He's kind of what, he's always late because his thing is that, and it just, we get out so much exposition by them like kicking people out of the movie, and then like, whatever, the bartender or server comes over and is like, hey, you're in their booth. These guys are here every Thursday. And we just reset so much information in a way that was- Almost sarcastic. Totally sarcastic, totally making fun of the note. And they were like, we love this. Uh, this cold <laughs> open is beautiful. <laughs> It was really, really, um, uh, I thought one of the only times we found a good solution for that kind of situation. Yeah. But then we they approve the script and say, like, we don't want to order a pilot, but we want to shoot like an abbreviated version of it. So now we have to write a new script that is like instead of 30 minutes long, like seven minutes long. Yeah. And the whole time it had been like, it has to be a multicam. It has to be a multicam. That's what we want. Multicam being like laugh track and live audience. We had never worked on anything like that. We hadn't even worked on a live action show at that point. Right. And so we keep getting notes from these producers where they're like, do you not want this to be a multicam? We're like, "Uh, we uh, no, that's what you want. And they're like, well, it's not written like one. We're like, okay. And they're like, your heart's not in it. We're like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing.
1: uh, (laughs) Tell me where to put my heart.
0: But anyway, yeah, yeah, they they acquire, they acquire these stages. We cast it. We like, we, we film it. Like, we did it. We did a whole like miniature version. I mean, mean,
1: pretty good cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was funny. It it turned out fine. It just didn't like go. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was like, we had
0: kind of like, changed it so much to be all these other things like we tried to make it a multicam. we shot it on these stages that yeah. were open we you know we um worked with the director and their line producer and we like made this whole thing and there's just like i don't even think we ever got feedback like i don't even think we heard a word after we sent no in we sent this in the cut of thing. it
1: and then it was just kind of like that along with the script we'll take it into consideration and then they just didn't, they just didn't go. But that process of like starting off with an animated half hour, like, let's see what this is, and then basically building a whole thing around like a dry cleaning store. Now it's yeah, now it's a
0: now it's a live action show about a guy who stole a suit from a dry cleaner <laughs> and he talks a lot about how long he's known everyone. I'll say one other thing that we were getting on that a lot, which is we had this very heightened, insane story because we had written it for yeah, animation yeah, yeah. where one guy Uh, One of the characters who was sort of like sleazy and like living in this weirdly arranged like like, credit card debt that he's running away from. Had so much credit card debt accumulated that he gets like kidnapped and like thrown into a van by the government. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, yeah, gets like black bag, like get taken to like a CIA site. And the government basically goes like, catch me if you can style. Like, we want you to help us figure out how people like avoid their credit card debt because you have been our white whale. And so it's like a very crazy, like big story. And um, they read that and came back to us and they were like, we like the script. The pages are funny. Can I ask why today? And this is like a classic note that you would get Uh. is like, what is happening? Why is this day different than any other day for these characters? Because like you do often in a pilot meet them. It's the day they lose their job or it's the day they find out that their wife is leaving them or it's the day yeah. that they, um you know, graduate from college or whatever it is. But it's like some big event. And they were like, why today? Because there's not really a big we go. Well, it is the day. That they've been grabbed off the street and kidnapped yeah. and thrown into a van and like renditioned and like hired by the government. And it's like, so it's like I think it's a pretty unusual day for them. And they're like, The day I get yeah, taken to a black but, site is feels yeah. like an inciting
1: incident. Geez, like that'd a, be a story I told. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would there would definitely be a before and after <laughs> yeah. period of my life with yeah.
0: But it was just like, you know, and again,
1: that's uh, probably I, that was our one like all the way through the development ringer. I I mean, except for like getting picked up going to upfronts or whatever. Like yeah. Going through that whole casting process, yeah, we didn't get whole... as
0: far as this guy did, but we did, we did do the casting and we did all that stuff, and it was um, close to this experience, and I relate to this experience. There was stuff where you go, like, "What are you talking about?" And again, I'm, I don't want to sound like I'm being like these idiots were like, "Why today?" I'm like, their boss is asking them, they have everyone they has to the sell question. it to the next yeah, level. I can't just pretend like, like, and so it's always, um, it's always like just getting passed down to you from someone else, and. A lot of times I'm sure they're frustrated because they're like I know. Like yeah, I know what you're I saying, but be. I still need you to give me a different answer because that answer is not satisfying the people that I work for. But anyway, so we had that we had that development experience and then incidentally at the time that we actually got the script ordered and everything, um talking about relay relating to your representatives having a vested interest in protecting their relationships with the studio and network, I have a a story to tell about <laughs> when we made the deal, we had agreed on like the amount of money that the script would be, but we didn't have like a deal for if there was a show, what our credit would be and mm-hmm. like what whatever. All the other per things. episode. All these weird things, you know, like um and so there are a bunch of rankings as a writer, where it's like when you get your very first job, you're a staff writer, and then you become a story editor, and then you become a, a co-producer, and then you become a supervising producer. You skipped executive
1: up. story editor, like it's uh, nothing.
0: Yeah, well, we skipped executive story <laughs> editor. We <laughs> okay, actually fair did. enough. That's, we did. Good. All we, right, that's we, fine. Yes, yes. That, so I'm talking <laughs> about what happened to me. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Our lawyer managed to get us to skip executive story editor. <laughs> Woo baby. Um, so but you yes there's executive story editor, but there's these little this hierarchy and then obviously the people the big bosses on the show and the showrunners are executive producers and then just below that the people who are at like the your you number 2's on high the show two, your number yeah. 2 on the show is uh, is frequently a co-executive producer so it's just like a little co in front of it that means like you're not actually the boss mm-hmm. um and that's uh Basically, where Dom and I have lived for the last like Eat. six, seven years, yeah, 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 um which is which is great,, uh, but we had created this show. we had written it together. we had brought it to the network. we had like managed to like sell it through my dry cleaning story or whatever else, but we had gotten them to say, like, we want you to write this, and we want to figure out the deal. And then we were being told, if the show gets picked up and goes to series, you will be co-EPs you will be co-executive producers on the show show. you created on the show you created and i said well wait why wouldn't we be eps it's our show and um we were told and this is a word that gets told a lot and i'm telling us as we talk about wga stuff this is this is how writers are generally treated because they said there's no precedent you don't have a precedent. You've never had an EP credit, so we won't give you an EP credit. And our credit. precedent
1: is that we don't give EP credits to first time. Whatever. If it's the and first time, time you created a television show,
0: yeah. um, then you cannot be an executive producer because, like, it's your first time creating something, and so we don't like give out that ranking. I can't stress enough. There's no money involved no, in getting No, it's getting not about getting more
1: or less money. It
0: is. It is literally just like respect. I I guess. I think it's just respect. I think it's acknowledging. And so this story is a little bit bragging. I think it might make me sound kind of cool. I don't usually tell a story like that. But because we had been a little frustrated by the process and it had changed so much and we also were like, I think young and like new and dumb enough that we kind of weren't as maybe Nervous about like, what would we get our next job or anything? We were just like, oh, we've got we'll our have foot a foot in family. the door. Didn't have a family. <laughs> I'm just like, fucking,
1: I'm just the dude yeah. out here
0: <laughs> and had had these frustrations. Yeah. And so and felt like we had our like next. I think we had like our next thing lined up already. So
1: it wasn't like this is <clears throat> this it was is a huge like opportunity. It definitely meant something. But it wasn't like our only job for the next year. It Wasn't the only yeah. thing
0: we had going on. And it didn't seem to me like it should be that hard. To give us a free credit on a show that we created, saying that like we were like some of the most important people involved, Be- <laughs> acknowledging that nothing existed, mm-hmm. then we made everything. We created all of the characters of the story yeah. and everything. Everything came from us. So just saying, like we're one of the three or four most crucial people to this happening. So um, I got on a, a phone with my representative. And I said, like, we want executive producer credit. He said, that's not going to happen. And I said, well, um, then we're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then he said, like, you're really fucking up. Like, you're making a huge <laughs> mistake. And really tried to scare me. He's like, you won't. You twentieth will not work with you for another Pull the ten rug out from years under them if like you this. do this. And I said, well, you know, there's there's like six other networks. Like, maybe you know they'll come around. As as far as I've seen, like, the same people aren't even there year after year. Yeah. And then. He was like, basically started going like, why do you care? It's not more money. And I said to him, will there be executive producers on the show? And he said, yes, there will. And I said, who will some of the executive producers be? Like who would, who would one of them be? And he names like an executive. The uh, folks, Yeah, like somebody from know? Churnin. And I said, okay. So that person will be an EP. What will they be doing on the show. And he like sort of like clears his throat and I go, and before you answer, let me tell you what I'll be doing. <laughs> Dom and I will be there all day, every day, taking the characters and story and world we've created and writing and coming up with all of the ideas for all of the episodes and like managing the other writers and making sure that the tone stays consistent and like Being working on all night, generating the, the scripts, shit. rewriting the scripts, going to set, like, like fielding all of the network calls. Like, this is what we'll be doing. Will the other EPs you named be doing any of that? Will
1: they take one of those things? Like, yeah. yeah no. Can
0: they do some of that? And he was like, well, no, but that's not. And I was like, OK, then I'll be an EP. <laughs> and. One thing I came to realize, because to cut to the end,
1: they immediately gave it to us. And it was not a big deal at all. We just had to actually threaten to walk away. We actually had to go like, okay, then we won't do it. And then the next thing that came down the pike was-
0: And I don't think he had to threaten to walk away to them. Because when we talked to the Chernin people, they went like, Oh, we knew you would get it like because we like took a little yeah. break where it was like the show's frozen while we figure out your deal. And they were like, oh, yeah, they always do it. As soon as you say that you want it, they, they give it to you. But I, what I believe since happened is that that representative had said, yeah, they'll take P, It's fine. And just really didn't want to make a yeah. phone call that said, like, actually, I was wrong. They care about this. Yeah, just didn't want to do it. And, and so decided to, to like scare of me it. and threaten my career. This instead.
1: is where was, this was one of the rare times where it was helpful that as a writing team for whatever seven eight years however long we were a writing team that we had two completely different sets of reps. Yeah, <laughs> because we had come into it with different reps, and so it was like no one rep could really disrupt too much of what we. Nobody were, ever had real process. control, yeah. and like we it couldn't was... get too managed by it. But yeah, I remember, and I remember. I and my that, lawyer had been like, just ask for it. So yes, it the lawyer. Yeah, yeah, our lawyer's like, just ask for it. And threaten to walk away, and they'll they'll do it. I, I. This is a quick. My, the first out, agent, shout out, Lev Ginsburg. Shout out, Lev. <laughs> Hell yeah, Ginsburg. Daniel's Callis. Uh, when my the first agent I had was with my old sketch comedy group, and we it was a William Morris and this guy. We had sold a script to Comedy Central, and Comedy Central said, "Okay, uh, well you we need to make a deal with an agent. Do you guys have an agent?" We said, "No." So they they sent us to William Morris to this guy, and he. He made a very sweet deal for them, which in hindsight you go like, of course they hired him to make a deal for us, Mm -hmm. basically. And then along the way, he got to represent Donald Glover and all this great stuff. But you know, but but and then like within five years, he took a job at like Universal or Network, a development executive. And you go like, this was a guy who was protecting his relationships at networks and studios. Yeah, it's very incestuous. People
0: take jobs all the time where they jump from one end to the other. So it's like. If you are nice to the people you make deals with, then when you want a job from them, like, yes, you, it's good
1: that you made a deal that didn't And nowhere in them. that process are you thinking, like, well, I'm an agent, I should be at least protecting this artist that I'm representing. Isn't mm-hmm. that the fundamental relationship, which is part of what the like, well, there's other there, there's guild s- action was six about. networks
0: and there's 10,000 writers, yeah. So, so like. You know, you that's go like, crazy. well, is one writer important or is one network important? And so that's like a way that it's just set up. And this is not to like bash representatives. I'm saying I understand the position that they're in. We're both and married is, to represent. <laughs> yes, I'm yes, I'm yes. We my married was a manager. Yeah. And my wife's a lawyer. But what I'm saying is it's part of why I think the WGA is on strike is the position that writers are in is like we have been devalued to some extent by the people in the executive position, we have to do something to say like, hey, you have to place some value on, just as I said, the fact that stuff comes from us. I mean, I remember working with Goldie and all the time people would, he would get these notes calls where they'd say, you're not protecting your characters. You're not looking out for your characters. And he'd be like, the character only
1: exists because of me.
0: The character does I, you can't tell me what my character would say they go i just don't think deb wouldn't
1: say that You'd look at like, it she is says what look. i say <laughs> like it was just like a crazy look there it is on the script deb's saying it yeah <laughs> holy shit yeah can you believe Fucking, it uh, problem solved wow you thought she couldn't do it there she is Saying the line that you said was impossible yeah. to say. Oh wow. Well, you know, no need to apologize. <laughs> no, no, please um, don't. Don't even start to apologize.
0: But yeah, there is, you know, there is that side of it. And also, by the way, I've been I've certainly been on shows where we were wrong and had characters do things they
1: shouldn't. Oh um... yeah. Well, the, I mean, just just the oh yeah 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 you gotta make a lot of stuff you know know, you're bound to lose sight of it god and when you're doing 22 in a season like at least four make it out the door and you go holy fucking shit wow that got away from us how how (laughs) this person usually behaves we did not nail this down we didn't justify that at all but i mean (laughs) but yeah and the writer's devalued thing i mean just the opening sequence of the the of the um of tv set is so quaint where it's like there are millions of ideas, little titles, the yeah. title sequence. There are all these ideas and they're pitched to a pilot it, process. And it's like now you would have to say like they don't write the script. You go in, you pitch your idea. Mm-hmm. You you write out a Bible of a season, maybe yeah. even two seasons if you're going to like Netflix or streamer. And then they maybe let you write the first script mm-hmm. and then and 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 then they'll pick up the whole thing or not. Well, like then, the they'll pick, then they'll pick up one season, existing. then you'll write all of season two. Then yes. they'll tell you if
0: season two is picked up. That's right. It's very different because the way this, the Chirons at the top, like you said, they start saying like, you know, whatever, hundreds of scripts are written, mm-hmm. like some percentage of those get like made into bought as a pilot and then it says like only a quarter of those shows will go on to become series. Now, I, so as high. as far as I know, like in the latest network development uh, cycles, they really order like single digit numbers of pilots, even to script Yeah, and maybe two get made. Like, so I guess it is, it is still a quarter of them, but it used to be at the time, like there'd be 20, 30 pilots in development.
1: Like people had whole careers where all they did was write a pilot that didn't get made every year. Actors would book a pilot every year and they would never go on the air and that yeah. would make their, you know, they would like, they would- make a living just yeah. like doing development. You'd just stuff. be like,
0: yeah, you'd be a development person. But, and like that was, that was like an ecosystem that's just been totally eliminated. Um, so anyway, that's, uh, that's that. Uh, we will get back into talking through the movie a little bit because of course, then we, um, we go into, to film it. Um, the actor who's gotten the job becomes an even bigger asshole. <laughs>
1: um, The director's Uh, pretentious, has that shot set up where you can't even see the... My favorite character, I think, is Huck, the DP. Yeah, Hutch, right? Hutch, not Huck. Yeah, Hutch. Hutch, the DP. He's... Just got the best. And I feel like he has like a moment with Mike where he kind of like delivers the theme a little bit where because he's just a guy who's getting shit on the whole like he doesn't get to do what he wants. He's a
0: guy who and then you, you know, there's a and bolts. There's a blue collar aspect to a lot of the crew where there's like sort of like the glamour of being the director or the actor. And then there's a lot of people who work on the crew who like have to carry heavy heavy shit out. Yeah. Like hold the fucking mic over their head and like figure. Yeah. And are doing like a lot of technical work and are uh dismissed, don't don't get the credit. And so there's this guy, Hutch, who clearly is the person who the crew respects, has command, is in charge of all these people. Capable. Yeah, just a capable guy. And he's like correctly evaluating that the director is fucking up a lot. The director is getting coverage they don't need. We worked on a show once where they're like was a particular episode where we had this director who like if they were filming this podcast right now, they would be getting, like, the microphone's perspective on Chef Kevin <laughs> listening. Like, it'd be like, I'd be like, why can't I see what the pencil case sees, but I can't see what the characters and see. And
1: you watch this shot getting set up over the course of hours, and you're like, yeah. is this going to, it'll be, it'll be once it's up. Once no, the it's up, just you'll a cool
0: thing. I think it's something we can use. And then you go, okay, we don't have a shot. Where we can see both people's faces, but we do have shots where I can see a drawer open and close. Like, and you just go, like, why is this happening? And so he's doing some of that, which, like, again, as the writer, you're kind of told when you get sent to set, it's like you're kind of making sure they get the script. They do illustrate some of, like, You know, Duchovny really wants to control the performance of this guy who's fucking up, who's like nailing it in rehearsal, modulating all over the place. As soon as the camera rolls, he's doing something completely different, but he has to run his notes through the director. The director is allowed to talk to the actors. The writer is not supposed to talk to actors, even though you're trying to help them capture the script that you wrote. But you're not supposed to talk to them about performance, at least without the director there. And so, like, he goes with the director at some point to talk to him. And then Hutch, yeah, takes him aside and kind of goes like, hey, man, I know this all seems so important yeah. right now, but like a year from One now. One day it'll like, just be a going to be another story of it,
1: like another thing. And he's like, oh, it's very comforting, but it's like he actually, that is the proper perspective. Is that comforting. is the perspective you need to make it through this
0: process. Because this guy's been on yes. a million of and these And he's eating sets.
1: way more shit.
0: All he does yeah. is just walk in and like everybody, to everyone, you know, above him, this is the most important thing they're doing. To him, it's like, it's always the most important thing you're doing. Yes, that's right. And 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 it never is.
1: <laughs> yes, that's so. Right. Like that's like God. it's a great little like. And uh, being on set with the director, where you're having to, where the director's looking at you. So I mean, there's there's this one shot where the opening shot of this scene is so long and, and convoluted that it only settles on the dialogue at the very end. So you're watching, you're you're hearing this dialogue over like shots of a building and like a yeah. guy pushing a cart down the street. You don't know what you're looking at or hearing. Yeah. It's very confusing. And so this director's looking over at Duchovny like. Great shot, right? Pool, right? I got so, the crane like, set I've def up. I definitely have, and I know you have too, been in this situation where you're sitting at Video Village and there's an energy for the director and everyone's trying to get you, everyone wants you so badly to say like, we got it. And yeah. you just have to be like, well, if any, we didn't get it. We yeah. have to, if anyone's asking me, I mean, look, whatever, man, if we're moving on, we're moving yeah. on. But if you're asking if you I- You move
0: on, it's not my show, but they did not say the line. <laughs> they did not say the line. And-,
1: and by God, if anyone asked me if I saw it correctly through the lens today, I have to say I did not. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but like that is just the way it has to
0: be. I would say if you want to move on, don't turn to me because my face yeah. is going to tell you what's happening, which no. is that like we don't have <laughs> we don't have what we need to make the show. I've
1: I, yeah, we can move on. I've never once seen that character do it right.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so, this guy. Yeah, so so I've said this a, a few times now, but they are they are saying <laughs> this line, and this is the line we need them to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? Okay. So like, I don't know if you've told them. <laughs>
1: if can you I haven't them,
0: this would be a good time yeah i'd love I please, to tell them
1: can i please tell them uh, yes you are really abandoned when you're there um and the other thing too is the shoot it both ways like let's shoot it all right there's a disagreement about yes. a way to go and it's all back to the brother Should the brother committed suicide or not and it's like well let's sh- and it's clearly a decision with this pilot that touches everything it, yeah. it, it touches the character and all the. they're at a funeral for the brother yeah. and so it's like can we just shoot it both ways? And that's what, and I, I think Hasdin said this too. It's like if you give them both options, if you try to give them cannon fodder and then the real thing you want, they will choose the cannon fodder. They will yeah. pick the worst thing.
0: That's all. That's all. That's all the way down. That's in the script. Yep. That's for the actors where it's like, can you give us one that's bigger? And mm-hmm. then it's like, it's like just give us one where you do this. Yes. It's like that's going to be in the edit. So like, if you really don't want it, you can't give it to them. And that is happening in this where. They're shooting the funeral. And as we said, the network note of like, does it have to be a suicide has come back again. On set now. Very funny version that he ends up giving them where it's like, instead of your brother committing suicide, could it be that your mom just died in a normal way and so this monologue that the character gives where he's like when you lose your brother the person you trust he's like when your mom dies a little a l- slightly before her time <laughs> like it's like he's so he's he's so again it's he's so clunky he's, he's like... mocking them but like that's what they want to use but the fact that it's on set they're on the day they keep getting told like you're losing this kid like the, yeah, the yeah, child I mean, actor's you're... going to go home so you won't have him uh, by the way, if people want to watch the movie, it's on Plex. I was very satisfied. It was on Plex. Peacock as well. Peacock. It was? Okay, great. Yeah, free. So they um, uh, are telling him, like, with no time, where he just has to agree and has to work so fast, like, will you take 10 minutes and write a new version of the scene? And it's like, this is coming back now? Yeah. Like, now when I have no leverage, when I cannot no fight. time. Like, no. when there is no time, you want not only me to give you another version, you want me to give you a bad version yes. of the other version. And they're going, well, you're such a talented writer. Like you yeah. can't do that. They say at some point in it, like, I really want to see you get rich. And it's like the pep talks <laughs> that you get, like the speeches I've gotten from like reps yeah, where it's yeah. like, I see you starring in a movie that you wrote within a year. And you're just like, holy shit, You really? see that? Like, That would be fucking awesome. That's actually what I want. Oh my God. And and the way that you, the way that they just say these things where it's like, it just, you don't want to fucking eat it, but you do. And like, I have had it happen where there was an argument that happened at the script stage, at the table read, at the production meeting, and then it finally got put away. And then we are on set. We are filming it. We are on the shot and it gets frozen, and as you said, I'm like the writer on set who has very little power and just being told, we want to do it this other way. And you're like, fuck man, there's lights, the (laughs) lights are on, (laughs) like this is costing so Uh, much money. And just like, you cannot argue anymore. Like if you even try to argue, it's like I'm now the problem. Like I'm worse than you because like we, Have to do it.
1: Well, you feel like at some point they're going to take out a computer and start writing
0: it. Yeah, like, like, like it's. it's, And you're like, that's the only thing that is worse than what, what is happening now. They have to. They go like, they go like, because they because they are like, well, I could just do it. Like, I know what I want it to be, and it's like, please don't do it. Yeah, make me do it.
1: God, Um, rewriting stuff on set is the most stressful.
0: Yeah, and there and there's so much of like, uh, there's so much in the job overall of like just you being forced to. Uh, figure out there's a great uh moment when we were at workaholics where there was a note passed down to us there was a script we had that we th- everyone felt was working and we had gotten a note that was going to change it and basically break it make it not work anymore and you kept being like but we should just be doing what was already in there like we should just do it this way oh, we should sure. just yeah, do yeah. it that like the way we had it actually works. Like every time we went down a new avenue, you'd be like, but that's a problem because of this. And the way we had it works. <laughs> and actually, um, a very funny writer named Ryan Coe looked at you. And it was a great lesson for both of us because I was on your side. I was just being less vocal. And he went, Dom, we all understand the right way to do it. Your job right now is to do it the wrong way. And try not to make it totally fucking suck.
1: Yes, that's right. And it's like, that's the fucking job. <laughs> like, he ta- yes, I, it was like he he spoke to me in like a tone of like a kid, just like you can have your juice later. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like you this can is have- what's actually happening. Yeah. Is very- there is no juice right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> and yep. so like you could drink water. Yeah. Or you can fucking die. <laughs> like, and that, it was like, that was, okay. That was and it was a great job. Crucial. That was a great job environment to learn those types of lessons in because the stakes were so low because no one was actually, like everyone was Nobody so- Nobody was pissed. The Nobody. stakes weren't low because of the show. The stakes were low in the, in the room dynamics. I've been, and I know you've been in rooms subsequent to this where- there's all sorts of dynamics and there's all sorts of ways that things have to be communicated. The heat
0: is on. People yes. are keeping score. There's weird political shit. There's not shit. a lot of jobs where I could that.
1: just sit there and dig my heels in and go, like, but it's stupid the way we're trying to change it. It should be the other way. It's better. Like, And, and everyone and, go, yep, yeah. it's stupid. Let's do the stupid way. Yeah, and Kevin and Craig, I feel like after that, were like saying, "Like, it's not for this job, but for future jobs, you should. Yeah. sit on that impulse of yours. To, <laughs> totally, to <fucking> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to just no, you don't need to roll bitchy. your eyes every yeah. time
0: you hear an idea you don't like. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: <laughs> no, but every fifth idea, I yeah. can, that, that's yeah. at least better.
0: Or just make sure you're looking at someone who agrees with you. Yes, um, <laughs> yes. But uh, so they they make him rewrite it. They get both versions. He goes into the edit. One thing that's, or two threads that are happening throughout this is like as he compromises, he is always looking at his, child and pregnant wife yes where it is like another reality of it of you know again at the time that we dug our heels but in on the credit didn't even i would not do that now on a similar issue i would be like i have two kids you know and so yeah, eat the shit and so there are things where it's like yeah i don't whatever i don't um he's also breaking down physically as this yeah, is going down the thing like i was gonna say back
1: problem like he's he, he is his in back a way that's fucked I up. Very much
0: and yes. And well, having a little kid and picking up yeah. the little kid and playing with them and the insane amount of stress. I wonder if Jake has uh, read Dr. Sarno. Oh, Because sure. we have we had a boss who had terrible back problems and um got very obsessed with this guy who some people may think is like hippy dippy, but it's his whole premise is on like the connection really specifically between back pain and emotional stress And I even, you know, right before I came here, I was watching the semifinals of the French Open and uh, Alcaraz was about to, he had beaten Djokovic at the first set uh, or had beat him in the second set and was starting to take control of the match and starts having these insane cramps and can't go on. And one thing that this doctor does talk about is he's like, watch athletes who at the most crucial, important moment of their career where they're about to get over some previous hump, like suddenly have some off like a cramping pain that could be like, not like somewhat mentally something, induced. not yeah, like, not a like a they broke anything. a bone, yeah, yeah, just yeah. like a, their body starts Seizes to up. fight against the level of stress that they're under. And it seems to be like the further and deeper this guy goes in and the more he compromises and the more choices he makes. And as he's in the edit and he's watching the version they made him do, and he's saying to the editor, like this sucks, right? Like I want to make sure the version I give them is so bad that they have to take my version, which is superior. And they're going like, yes, it's really bad. His back starts to spasm to the point that he actually has like a full-on medical episode and has to get like spinal (laughs) surgery. And it's like, he's nothing physical has happened to him. It is that his body is starting to like wrench and like attack itself because the... Rage and thoughts are so uncomfortable to deal with and to look directly at them would be so unpleasant that it is more acceptable for his body to
1: only be dealing with the pain. That's why I like the <laughs> the company for the casting of this is great, too, because he never releases like like he is just so kind of solemn and quiet and he's charming and yeah. affable when he when he's trying to be. But and but I he,
0: love the point where he yeah. almost snaps. It's such a good performance where they're going like cuz you know the suicide thing like I just don't and he goes but the entire fucking show and then his manager goes goes and we love the fucking show. We love the fucking show, right? We want to see this fucking show get made cuz he's like you, you just can swore tell. Like, you've always been respectful. You've never, like, used a curse word at these you're people before. You're taking this... Yeah,
1: you're turning the heat up in a way that's going to... Like, one of yeah. the few things you have going for you is they think that you're a nice guy. They
0: think you can... You are yes. easy to work with. Yes, that's You're correct. a little pretentious, yeah. but you're a nice guy. Yes. And so, like, you're about to blow that piece of it. Oh. Uh, it's so good, but it is, like, he is... He's swallowing so much rage that it starts to like burst out of his body at other places, which I fully relate to. Oh, yeah. He's on like every on, level. He's on
1: crutches at the upfronts. Like, yeah. Like, just like, listen, it should be the, like the happiest, like, whatever yes. day of his career. And he's just completely broken down. And they put like, they drop fart sounds into the like sizzle reel and stuff. And he just can't. Yep. Handle it. And also, I was thinking too, when I was watching it. Brooke was like, I didn't even think about that. I was like, what he's thinking about here is there's, cause he's like, and we can't wait to see 22 more or whatever. Yes. I was like, to him, he's going like, oh my God. Oh my God. I'm I have going to, to deliver... go through this
0: process 21 more times where I I turn in what I think would be a good version of the show and then just make so many different well, compromises.
1: And that sizzle reel at the upfront. So maybe I'm jumping ahead too far, but he, no, it's so good. funny. It's so funny to me that there's a scene in there where the main character is like at prison visiting his brother, who yeah. we know as the audience, the concept is the brother commits suicide. So this is never a scene or an image he even remotely wanted in it. Didn't he, want it. But they fist bump through the glass and go brothers forever. Yes. <laughs> and then he walks away and farts. They Yeah, they've in, they've inserted
0: a fart sound effect into the brother away. So the scene that he didn't want to do that I'm sure he finally was like, fine, fuck it, I'll give you the scene. And probably wrote what he was like, I can live with this scene. This is an okay. And they took it and they added a fart <laughs> sound effect to it. Where he's like, do you just fart? Everyone's laughing around Judy him. Crazy. Shut up. He la- Everyone loves it. Ha yeah, it's funny. It's playing killing, great. man. Yeah. It's killing. We had uh, one of our friends went to the upfronts with a show that he had created and realized halfway through and it, at the upfronts they announced the upcoming schedule and they play clips for all the advertisers of like these are the new shows we have coming Trot out out the don't, stars don't you want it yeah the stars trying to get everyone fired up he realized at the upfronts that they had decided not to play the trailer for his show so he's been flown out to new york to watch it and they've gone like, we are gonna air the show, but we're not playing it there. And he's sitting in the you know third row or whatever and he tells the story as like, he's like, I kind of had accepted it. And then they go like, and now a special performance from John Mayer and John Mayer comes out and he's tuning up his guitar and there's like speakers at either side. <laughs> and this guy's like a, a little bit of a hypochondriac. And he goes, one thing I kind of pride myself on because like both my parents, had like lost their hearing kind of younger, like I I still have pretty good hearing and I like really try to protect myself from like super loud noises and I see these amps on the side and I realize this guy's about to play guitar and I stand up and I'm gonna walk out of my seat and just be like, I'm leaving the room, I don't need to see this performance but I also realize I've just been informed directly that they're not playing my trailer and it's going to look like i'm storming out and that i'm like not a fucking team player how do i make it, it, it clear i'm like, walking
1: out on john Mayer and, 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 and not, not like, the network How can I, I just
0: don't want a loud guitar i don't want to be this close to the loud music but it's going to look like i'm throwing a fucking hissy fit and like i just like there's no win for me here uh, and this it's guy's just gonna like, play
1: daughters and blow my eardrums. Yeah, out.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's such a great example of like the kind of position you end up in where it's just like political all suicide, pe- all the
1: appearances in the image. Yes. Uh, like, how to does it look, look out for your, you your own this?
0: health? Like, it's just like, you, you know, they'll think you're an asshole now. Um, so, yeah, we yeah, we get all the way through the upfronts. They play the sizzle reel like he's just he's made every possible compromise all the way down. And like so. For the Wish I Wrote It segment, we've already, so we talk about what's the thing I'm most jealous of. Really, it is, it's not a particular line. The opening scene with the testing, I think, is such a great setting yeah. of the intention for the film. And it is, um, I love the movie. Uh But nothing is as powerful as the very first compromise that he makes. Like, as he does it more and more and it becomes more painful for him, you kind of like, no. But the first time you see it, even though you kind of know what's going to happen, like the way he gets cornered and railroaded and the like, as you said, the horse trading he does, like that scene, (laughs) the walking in, the seeing the two performances, the seeing the way that the execs describe the actors, like is it's the best part of the movie. I feel like for the first like 25 minutes, I was writing down everything. Like I kept pausing to be like, almost every line reminds me of something I've actually experienced. So I love that part.
1: I love that. scene. I, this is just a funny moment that I wish I wrote just because I think it's so, we've glossed over this and recapping it, but they go through the whole test focus group thing, Mm -hmm. which is not anything I have direct experience with a focus group. And then they are looking for the new title. Cause like we said, all these notes always come back and she just keeps being like, I don't like. And so they're in the mall. And they're looking for like, she literally, the woman with the clipboard is just pulled aside some random guy at the mall and is going like, all right, would you watch a show called uh, Topsy Turvy? Would you watch a show called Rhyme or Reason? And he just goes like, and he goes, well, what's it about? And she goes, she goes, doesn't matter. Just the title of the show. Would you watch?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, this is, yeah, just to, because she does, the first thing we see the executive say about the show is she goes, I hate that title. Yes. Like the script, but I hate the title. And so this is now the very last thing that's going to happen is like, she never dropped it. No. As we said. It's always. And come now back. it's like the first thing they say, the title, the show's called The Wexler Chronicles. And they they ask him, Would you watch a show called The Wexler Chronicles? And he goes, Well, what's it about? And they go, Don't worry about that. All you
1: have is the no title. title. And he's just and like, go, nah. And it's a guy who's not putting thought. on, he's like, nah. And then she's yeah. like, rhyme a reason. And he's like, uh nah. She does a couple other, and then he and then she's like, Call me crazy. And he just it, he, this actor's performance really yeah. cracks me up. He just goes like <laughs> Yeah, he takes yeah. because I love it. I love yeah, it because yeah, it's yeah, like, oh, yeah, the guy's yeah, freaking yeah, crazy. Yeah, like yeah, he
0: just, <laughs> yeah, he takes a beat. He goes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I watched that because like, the guy's fucking crazy. Yeah. You know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just such a, it's such a funny moment that I was it's like, God so damn it! Perfect. If I had if I had been tasked with writing that scene, I wouldn't have written it that funny because it just is. It's such a great distillation of also. It's how so much are, small. How much our audience is paying attention to this? Yeah. Shit? Like all of the clamoring over story and weaving stuff in. It's just like, people are just like, ha, that's funny because the guy's fucking nuts. <laughs> you know, oh, call yeah. me crazy. No, it is. Yeah, the testing. So like, that's great.
0: The amount of the amount of weight that gets put into opinions uh, of people who were at the mall at 2 p.m. on a Wednesday yeah. that get pulled in. And it's like, that's who decides what everyone else watches on TV is who was at the Northridge Mall. And, and so that yeah. is like, so much of, like, in the testing process, too, when they have the dials. Like and now what it's all the streaming on.
1: metrics, too, which is that, I mean, we were talking about this on yes. the last thing we worked on, that they just use it to build whatever argument they already have in mind. They look at all the whatever, the retention numbers, the amount. How, they, how have the data, they have all the have data. They have all the data. You have no access. I love the line, by the way, when they're telling him about his pilot
0: testing. when and they go. These are Gilmore Girls numbers. <laughs> yeah, like that's like internally like
1: that is the and highest And you think about that
0: and you go that show must have tested through because it's yeah. so pleasant. Like Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah, peppy.
0: Yeah, it's just like yeah, it's all like it's a fun dialogue, little it's, references p- just p-
1: like p- fucking p- 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 <laughs> like turning the dialogue. And I
0: like the show, but it's it is cute. like yeah. you go like, "Oh yeah, that's the goal." Um but Yes, the streaming metrics where it's like your completion rate, like it's like this many people sampled the show, but this many people watched every single episode. And then how many total minutes of like eyes did we have on that many episodes? So if you have a show with shorter episodes or a shorter order, you're suddenly like at a disadvantage. Yeah. It's
1: like, but it just is a half hour show. Like, but then if they want to pick it up for some other reason about star, whatever, they just will. And they'll like throw that data aside or pit cherry pick new stuff. They, like yes, they are able
0: to kind of cook their own books a little bit because like they decide what gets featured on the front page, which decides like how many people try it. And then they decide like what the right number is. And there's a very funny thing that was passed down to me uh, where it was like, You know, they're very interested in how many people finish watching season one of a show because they say people who didn't finish watching season one will not will not watch season two. Makes sense in a way. And (laughs) they said, you know, sometimes you'll go like, oh, they picked up a season two. Oh, I should finish that. I liked it, but I didn't finish it. But it's like you didn't love it. They're saying you didn't love it if you didn't finish it, which I agree. But they said. If people don't watch the entire series in the first 30 days of release, basically what we've seen is they will never go back and finish season one of that show. And there's a long beat. And they said, unless we order a season two, (laughs) <laughs>
1: which is just so it's just what you're saying it's, it's like full you circles. are in yes, control yes. this is all
0: so you have sometimes you'll there will be a show where it's like this is right on the bubble like if if you yeah. know if whatever if if two percent more people had finished it we would order a season two but if we order a season two five percent more people will finish it but we're using it as the reason that we're not doing it, and it's, it's like so, a game
1: of chicken they're playing with themselves.
0: Well, it's just a weird, <laughs> like, you know, and and it's been that way. Uh, so, like, this will get into like my first. I have two what I think of as my my smart thoughts on the movie. One smart thought is that um, we've alluded to it, but the movie is ostensibly about how dire the situation is for like television comedy specifically, and network comedy and it was made 16 years ago and we any one of us would kill to be in the situation that they are in in this. And this is part of what they're striking over that, like the numbers that they talk about in this that are supposed to be like sort of like discouraging those numbers would be great of like this many pilots in development and this yes. many being picked up and this many being ordered to series and also like the share that they're talking about, of like how many people are watching oh and God. all of that shit. Like that evaporated so quickly where they're like, we got a 19 share with this show. And it was like, by the time we were even working on The Grinder with Jake, which was like six or seven years later, getting like a, it was like a two, a, a two or a three was yeah. good, yeah. you know? And so, it just like it got so depleted and um, it got spread out so much. And then the streamers came in and like, even those numbers changed because the numbers of people who will watch on a streamer can be extremely high, but they now have like this global distribution and this number of subscribers that's so enormous that like you still aren't really impressing anyone with the kind of numbers that would have been good on network tv years ago and then network tv can't get that number anymore and it's really um it's really just kind of sad and funny how precipitous the decline was was like, a was, tale, it was like hey like, we yeah. better watch out or this you know this is where we're going to be and it's like no this wasn't that bad in the kind of dumbing down process that they're going through guess was temporarily solved a little bit by there being more buyers and there being yeah. avenues to do more like prestigey stuff. But consolidated again. It's now going back yeah. to
1: four buyers they're five, becoming six, ad
0: supported again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes. they're consolidating, you know, Discovery and Warwick. Like they wanna, you know, Disney wants to buy Hulu so then Disney and Hulu wouldn't be separate companies. Like all of these Things are going to become four networks that are ad supported. That's what the
1: the, the AMPTP really brings into focus. Like, is like, there are six of these companies. Like, no matter how many shingles or whatever, there's Comedy Central, and it's like, no, there's there's Paramount, Viacom. And it's like a monopoly. And
0: because it's going to be ad supported, they have now started to make the shows. More of a mass appeal again, and yeah. they are moving away from some of the prestige stuff, which did generate some good television. There were also too many shows to ever feel like you really were Could like keeping see, up on yeah. it. Not that I'm complaining that more people got hired for those, but the you know the process was sort of
1: broken. Moving away from like a million niche shows back to smaller numbers, yeah, like shows like that, that
0: ideally people you know can be um, compensated for too in a way yeah. that like allows them to. Uh, um, make a make a living beyond the life of the show. And so the you know, even the show that I most recently worked on for Netflix felt more like a more traditional network sitcom. And
1: my other kind of ability. So, so, yeah.
0: My other sort of, I guess, smart thought that I just had during the movie is they do Related to our bad friends experience and related to like the way they are sort of like trying to make it more palatable. And it is extreme examples of like turning a suicide into like just like his mom dying of old (laughs) age. Um, That stuff is bad. But some of the shows that have mass appeal or that have like a big audience when they're invested in and handled with care can be good. And I do think of like, when I went through development with Steph Curry's company and Will Ardett's company and we had sold this show that they had come to me and said, like, I had just worked on a multicam and they were like, can you sell? Can you like help us sell a multicam about like a retired basketball player? And we went through a lot of iterations and there was a lot of work. And and I actually had the experience where the person that bought the show was fired and replaced. By the time I turned in the actual like first document describing the show, like with the like the outline for the script and the person who had replaced them made it extremely clear on the very first call, I never would have bought this show. So now you're like really in the moment, completely changing everything that sold it, that also your partners had agreed on be to try to appeal to
1: this new person in the role who says that who basically says that there's probably not much of a version of this that I like very much.
0: Yes. So <laughs> yeah, you're like, we have to change it kind of as much as possible yeah. while still maintaining like something Such from what I sold. But I saw because because I'm a pathetic worm and I will read Reddit comments that like somebody on like the earwolf Reddit, like posted, like Sean sold this show and everyone like commented in the like, a multicam, like, oh, I hope it's not one of these like laugh track. It's like, it is a laugh No, it will be. It is yeah. a laugh track. It is a live audience. That is what a multicam is. And it has become so synonymous with like trash and bullshit because it got like siloed off into like, it only exists for like these older audiences. But the same people who make that comment, I think friends and Seinfeld were like some of the funniest, most impactful shows they ever yeah. watched. Certainly, some people don't regard at least friends that are like it actually sucked. I sure. certainly had an impact on my sense of humor like yeah, yeah. I thought it was really fucking funny when I watched it. For its it. time
1: and place it certainly is. Yeah. Yes,
0: I mean it's problematic in ways but like it had like um had good jokes. Like yeah. the best smartest comedy writers wanted to work on that show and did and that multicam has disappeared. And here's just an observation that I have because why was it popular? It was popular because some people watch TV just like kind of to shut off at the end of the day and they want to feel like they're laughing along with other people and they want it indicated to them where the joke is, where the laugh is, what the bigger laugh this is. This
1: is the call me crazy guy. It's like people just want a, something fucking he fun wants, to yeah, sit out. He wants guy to be of...
0: fucking crazy. And so that, that was part of it. And so, yes, some audiences have gotten smarter and TV has become of a higher quality. And maybe you don't need that indication. But I think that the emergence, this is my little pet stupid theory, the emergence and prevalence of the mockumentary format that The Office spurred Parks and Rec and then Modern Family was the biggest fucking show Mm -hmm. uh, ever for a really long time. And now Abbott Elementary is like this huge breakout and these shows that have the um, people talking that directly to you, where people talk yeah. to you, have replaced the multi Like, you do like multi They're still doing the same thing. And I think I wrote down like a little example. I think I had like one more. So it's like, yeah, Abbott Modern, Parks and Rec. And then what they'll well, do What we do in the shadows? Yes. And so they'll have these beats where it's like a person talk, it'd be me and you talking, and I would go, Dom. I would never lie to you. And that'll be me on this couch and go, I was lying. That lying they need face. it. You Sorry. people yeah. need it. They want to be told that was a joke. Like, And that is a very comfortable way for people to watch television and they still enjoy it. And so I do think that as we look for these more mass appeal things that like maybe the multicam could come back or maybe there will be even more of these documentaries and maybe just like allow for it to be okay if it's got, like that it could actually be handled well and be good and that maybe someone, maybe even Dom and I, could do it the wrong way. Even though we know how to do it the right way. We're not allowed always to do it the right way. We could do it the wrong way. But you might be looking at the
1: best wrong way that we could think of. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and make it not
0: suck. Um, okay. Uh, thank you so much for coming of course, on, Dom. Buddy. This has been Subtitles On, the only movie show that exists, and the one where we read the movies. That's how you watch a movie, as you read it.